Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Passing Times. Really excited for today's guest. We were hoping to get her on the show earlier, but she was so busy playing with our senior national team that we're happy that we got her now. So today's guest grew up playing for the Thunder Volleyball Club, where she's a provincial and national champion, including 18 U Nationals. She's played for Team BC. She went on to play for UBCO. And with Volleyball Canada, she's been on the youth national team, junior national team, and like I mentioned, played VNL this summer with our senior national team. Please welcome to the show, Sydney Grills. Sydney, thanks for doing this. No problem. Thank you for having me. So I'm really excited to get to some Seymour stories because I know he's a great club coach and just a great personality in our sport, excuse me. But before you started playing club volleyball in that Vancouver area, was there any other sport you were into or did you know that volleyball was going to be the thing for you? No, actually, I was horrible at volleyball when I first started. I was super uncoordinated and couldn't hit the ball over the net. Um, I was a very good softball player. So originally I grew up playing softball. And then as I got older, I started playing volleyball and got a little more coordinated with volleyball. And that was when my parents were like, you need a pick because I couldn't do both. And that's what I chose volleyball when I was about 16. So around 16, you took it serious. Were you playing club volleyball before that? Or when you started taking it seriously, that's when you started playing like club in high school? Um, no, I was playing before that. I played for Thunder since I was, I want to say 14, but it wasn't until I was like around like 15 turning 16 that you could see I was starting to get it a little more. Um, we didn't really have a school team. I didn't play school at all, but just club. Yeah. Interesting. So was that frustrating at all? Cause I think in BC I'm based in Ontario and our club season kind of goes right from September till like the spring Were you guys limited. I think you guys have a half season cause they don't like to overlap the school season and the club season, right? Yeah. Well, the school seasons are generally like really strong in like BC where I'm from. Like I used to all my like teammates used to have really good school teams um and my school just didn't have one so in my grade 12 year I actually petitioned to play on the boys team and so I played on the men's team in grade 12 and that's what I it was horrible volleyball like those boys are really bad but I wanted to touch the ball so that I wasn't as far behind as some of the other girls but Nice. And was your coach pretty supportive or you were the one like really leading that? Like, uh, was there anything, uh, I don't know, socially or anything you had to get used to or like you were the best player in your team and you were comfortable right away? On the men's team? Yeah. I was definitely the, the best player on that team. Those boys, they did not know how to play volleyball. So it was like kind of funny because I'd go and do the coin toss and all the boys would think I was like the manager doing the coin toss for the school <laughs> team. But uh, jokes on them, I played. So it was pretty fun. Now, with your your background in softball, did you find that the arm swing transferred? Because if anyone who's seen you play, obviously you're a pretty gifted attacker. Did you find that that skill like overlapped pretty quickly? Um, yeah, I would say like obviously it helped a lot that I was pretty dominant with my right arm for pitching and throwing and everything. Um, so I definitely think it gave me some shoulder mobility, but. Now, let's get into it with Coach Seymour and everyone else at Thunder Volleyball Club. There are just so many passionate people there involved in our sport. Like, did you know going in that that was like a very competitive club and some of the girls who were a little bit older than you or you just wanted to play with your friends? Like, what was the choice to go to Thunder? Do you know? So Johnny Whiskar? Yep. He, so he was my elementary school. What's it? Uh, sub, not a sub, but a teacher, student teacher. Oh, nice. So he was actually our coach in elementary school. And he obviously saw that I was a pretty tall, lengthy <laughs> girl. And so he actually told me that I should try out for Thunder. And so I ended up going to Thunder for that reason. And that was when I like obviously wasn't good, but I was pretty tall. And so he actually introduced me to Thunder. So I had no prior connection or like didn't even want to go for my friends. It was just, he said to go try out. And so I did. And then ever since then, I just never left the club because it was so good. 
Nice. And how quickly did you learn that like playing for a provincial and national title is just something that's very common at Thunder? Like, did you feel how competitive it was or how, how high the goals were for some of the other athletes? Yeah, I did. Like everyone that played at that club, especially everyone on my team, like we meant business when we got older, like we showed up and trained and it was like a very competitive environment. It was awesome. And it came from our coaches as well. Like Doug, he was one of my coaches for my entire career as well. And like super competitive guy and like just really technical. So it was good to have when I was younger, I guess. Nice. And how do you think the coaches manage that? Because obviously Doug Reimer, a great coach. He's, I think he's won everything there is to win, but can also keep it pretty loose. Where like, even when we had Seymour on the show, he would have jokes that like, we don't lose in three sets. Like your team just believed that they did they were never going to lose in three sets. So there was still fun being on, but it was still like, you could switch it on and be really intense. Like, how do you think they created a culture where you could do both? You could have fun and still play for a national championship. I don't know. I, I don't know if it was just the way they handled themselves. I think like Seymour just never, never got like frustrated or upset with us. Like he always just like wanted us to like enjoy being out there and like find like the fun in being competitive. And so like, there was never like a switch when we were like not doing well or something where like, you'd see him getting like mad. You'd see him be like, this is amazing. Like this is like the fun part where it's like you're losing and you got to fight back kind of thing. And so I think that, they just created the idea that like competitive equals like fun and hard and it doesn't have to be like a bad thing. I don't know if that answered your question. No, for sure. That's, that's very interesting to hear about. So you mentioned coach Reimer's there, Seymour's there, Whiskar and the other athletes on your team. So did you know as young as 16, you that you wanted to play in university or did that goal happen a little bit later? No, I, I definitely knew. I, <laughs> I used to create like a little chart thing when I was a kid, I had it written in my closet and it said like, make thunder every year and then it was like university and then it was like junior national and then club or junior national and then national team and so i always knew that i wanted to click off every single one and so when i got to 16 that was like the next step was to make university <laughs> and were you pursuing uh out of province schools ncaa or did you know that you wanted to stay in the canada west uh originally i was actually looking at ncaa um and then I got a couple offers from NCAA and then I, I just decided, I don't know what it was, but the U S just wasn't for me. I just kind of got, I don't know. It just wasn't for me. <laughs> so I decided to stay at Camas. Yeah. Obviously we don't want to bash anybody on the show. That, that's a different show for us with Garrett Mays on the show. But, uh, what did you do like some official visits and you just felt like the vibe was off or maybe it was the school schedule. Like, was there anything that just didn't appeal to you going to the NCAA like specifically? Well, I didn't, I honestly didn't like how they like, basically owned you as an athlete and you didn't really have any or basically the ones I went to at least I can't speak for all universities um but you didn't really have a say in like how much you wanted to put towards like your education and like how much you wanted to put towards other things it was like they basically set out things for you and you follow that and that's it whereas here although it's still like 100% volleyball and I'm 100% volleyball like they help you in school and want you to succeed in school, but still do it on your own, if that makes sense. And I'm a pretty academic person. So it meant a lot to me to be able to have both options kind of thing. Nice. So in that Vancouver area, there's a ton of good universities. I'm wondering, when did you do your visit for UBCO and decide that like that was going to be the spot? <laughs> um, I actually originally didn't do the visit. Becky, she was my um, Canada Games coach. She was the assistant coach here, Becky Kuczynski. and. I don't know. I fell in love with her coaching style. And then Steve ended up emailing my mom when I was about 16. And I think I came up here 
at the end of grade 11 and I did my visit with my dad and Steve. And that's when I decided um, at the end of that summer that I wanted to come here. I'm glad you brought up Canada Games there. I'm trying to get my timeline. Was youth national team and Canada Games before your first year at UBCO? Yeah. So youth national was actually, youth national was after Team BC. And then it was Canada Games. And then it was junior national. So was your youth national team, was that selected after like a Canada Cup or was that a trial? Like what was the process in your year? So the youth national team in my year was after NTCC's. So we went, we played at Richmond Oval and then right after, you know, actually after we won, we won that year as well. <laughs> they, they did like a, a little like ceremony where they just like called names and got handed a backpack. And then from there you went immediately to UBC and there was no competition or anything that year. It was just purely training. Now help me and the listeners out uh, name drop for me. Who else would have been your year of the youth national team? Uh, Kara Kovacs, do you know her? Parker Austin, she was there. Are you Laura Medill's age? Laura Medill played a year up. So okay. I, I played with her. Um, but for Team Ontario, she played a year up. So she wasn't with me. Um, I played with her a little bit this summer. And I played against her um, in club, I think. But she wasn't with my national team, though. No. And your Canada game cycle would have been in Winnipeg where they changed the age group. I think they just changed it from like a U21 to maybe a U18 year. Yeah, but I played. So it was because Kira was on my team for Canada games. So it was my age and a year older for that. Okay. And what was the talk like at Canada games? Cause obviously when it's a little bit older, I think there's just more hype around, Oh, so-and-so goes to this university or they're a little bit older, or maybe they've already played for the national team. Like for your year, was it a big goal for team BC like to win the Canada games or you felt like, you know what, this is just another step for me to make the national team. Like what were your thoughts around the Canada games year? <laughs> well, I always want to win. So <laughs> I definitely wanted to win when we were there. And I think, I think we should have won to be perfectly honest. Our team was pretty stacked and pretty good. We did. We didn't. We didn't do as well as we should have. Do you remember the arm sleeves? Because when we have Colton Lou on the show, anytime we have to bring it up, because that was just like bad, bad swag yeah, by the I, men's team. Yeah, that, he was the same year as me. So I, <laughs> he was on the men's team, but I was, oh my God, those sleeves were so ugly. Yeah, I don't remember the women rocking them as much, but the guys really tried to make them happen. And it was, it was a busy arm sleeve. Oh, it was horrible. They're so I definitely didn't wear them. And I can tell you that much right now. Oh, I was so bad. <laughs> so uh obviously the national team it's it's changed a little bit over the years but you make it as a youth national team then you go to canada games like was the pathway pretty set out or did you know how you're going to make the junior team and then eventually make the senior team like what was there a clear path and having them in richmond make it a little bit obvious or were you almost going year by year because it was still kind of changing uh honestly i was going year by year because it was changing and they were all like very different i know even now they do them different than when i was there so it was one of those things that was kind of just like a, a play by year. Cause like when I got recruited at a tournament and then junior national was, they contacted me, I think a month after nationals. And so it was, was no tryout really. It was all like, um, through contacts or being chosen, I guess. And then for the national team this year, I had to, like, I tried out for the next gen team and then just ended up being fortunate enough to get taken to the senior team. And so all were like very different and <laughs> kind of confusing, but yeah. 
Did the program moving to Richmond, obviously uh, I'm aging myself because I still have a memory of it being in Winnipeg where I think they've been in Richmond for a while now. Did that help you stay connected to the goal? Or honestly, like if the national team center was in the Northwest territories, you'd still be a national team athlete because it was such a big goal of yours. Definitely still. I'd hope I would still be, (laughs) I, I would go wherever they are. It was always a dream of mine and will ever forever be a dream of mine, I guess. Um, but it was definitely awesome that it was near me just because I, uh, I did the VCCE at the Oval as well. And so I got like a full, like hand experience of like where they train, what they do and that kind of thing. And I, I really, yeah, it was awesome to have that. (laughs) So we'll, we'll jump back to the national team here in a second, but I am curious, you go from winning an 18 U national championship. You've already had national team experience, but man, the Canada West is an awesome league that I, I love being a part of just watching and kind of following the players. So what was your first impression of playing university ball against some athletes who are a little bit older, who maybe also had national team experience and played at high levels? Like what was there any getting used to it? Or you felt on day one that you belonged in the Canada West? I'm going to, I felt like I belonged at Canada West, but um, it was definitely an, an eye-opening experience from nationals where I could hit whatever shot I wanted and I could get away with some pretty low attacking. And then one of our first games was against Trinity Western and I got blocked so many times. I got humbled. It was, it was crazy. And it was just an eye-opening experience to see that like some of those girls were a lot bigger and smarter than I was. And I had a lot to learn and yeah it was awesome the actual the person that blocked me all the time was hillary howe which is kind of a funny turnaround she's now one of my teammates but i remember looking up to her and i was like holy crow this girl is insane and she's blocking me a lot (laughs) so what's your process when something like that happens that you could give a tip to either coaches or young athletes like do you go back and watch video is that just like a conversation with other coaches or other players are you so internally driven that you're just pissed off and you want a solution like what do you do in those situations where maybe you're not having as easy of success as you're used to (laughs) i'm internally pretty driven i think that going back after the games and watching videos with coaches is like super helpful to me um but during the games when someone blocks me now i i kind of like i laugh because like i know for a fact like if my setter gets me the next ball like i'm gonna hit it as hard as possible or i'm gonna trick you and like you're not gonna block me again um so i think it's like a little bit of both like during the game i have that internally kind of you piss me off kind of thing. I'm going to hit it harder. But then after I love to go back with coaches and see what I could have done or how they figured out what I was doing or whatever. Now, I, I know you mentioned it did take some getting used to, but I'm looking as your, your hitting efficiency grew and your kill account grew that it wasn't unusual in the second semester to get two kills. And even the, the, the game you played uh, Thompson rivers to go five, to go 22 with only five errors on 39 attempts and hit four three six, like to get 22 kills and hit still hit 400 is very impressive when you're in that state. Like, what does it feel like? Are you just super confident? Are you super engaged and like kind of playing angry? Like what's your best play state to have like double digit kills, but be still hitting a huge percentage. Funnily enough, I actually, every game I've broken a, a record or done really well, I, I don't know I'm hitting that well, if that makes sense. Like, I don't, I don't like obviously count kills in my head. I don't think about that kind of stuff. Like to me, kills are not really, really important in the game. Like I don't check stats during games. I don't do anything like that. And so generally the times where I'm doing my best, I'm just out there and I'm playing and I'm doing what I know best. And if there's one skill I know I'm good at, it's hitting. And so 
if I can hit balls, I'll just hit as many as I can and as hard as I can. And generally it works out for me. <laughs> and what are the conversations like when you go to the bench? Like, do the coaches know that you're not superstitious, but to like avoid it and tell you how awesome you're doing or how to earn more points? Like, is it about how we're going to get another dig or what we're going to do on serve receive? Like, where does the conversation lead to? Um, they definitely don't come up to me and tell me how good I'm doing. We just don't really chat about my hitting unless there's something that they think I need to know, like where I should hit the next ball or whatever. But generally when I'm, when I'm doing that well, I, they just let me kind of do my thing and they know that like something happens or if I do make an error or anything, like I'll figure it out and I'll get out of it. So my coaches know me pretty well in that sense. Um, and again, to help me out with the timing, uh, you had an unfortunate knee injury, but I think that was in your second year, correct? It was. Yeah. And have you had much injury uh, history in our sport or that was like the first major one that you knew that like, you're going to have to shut it down for a while. That, that was the first major one I've, yeah, I've actually ever had in my life. Now, if it's not too personal, just by doing this show, I think high performers, whenever you receive an injury like that and you do your knee, like, did you have to do anything to fill the time or just to keep your mind calm. Cause I think sometimes when you're such a high performer, it can affect your identity, right? Cause you're so used to your schedule reflecting around volleyball. Like what did you do that first week where you probably felt like you needed to be somewhere where you're in like full recovery mode, right? Yeah. So I went really up and down with my emotions after that injury. Um, obviously it's like every, it was my worst nightmare to do my knee. It was always like one of the worst injuries you can think of when it came to volleyball, like ever since I was a kid. Um, so when it happened, obviously I was like pretty stunned and pretty upset with it. Um, but my, my dad actually has done his knee twice. And so he basically told me, he was like, it happens if you're a high, high performance athlete, like you're going to hurt yourself and you're just going to have to get over it and find things to do. And so I kind of like threw myself into like an assistant coach role of like helping some of my teammates. And so like during games and stuff, I would go talk to our other outside hitters and like go help them and things like that and try to like, like push myself into like a different kind of role on the team that I hadn't had before. And so I just tried to like help everyone else and show up to practices and shag balls and like do things where I could. And that's kind of how I build the time, I guess. And how excited were you when you finally got cleared or were you a little bit hesitant? Like the first time maybe an athletic therapist or the doctor said like you could jump or you could skip rope or do anything to like test it. Like what was that day like? I was stoked. I wasn't scared at all. I had full faith in my surgeon. I had, I was ready to go. (laughs) I immediately got cleared and Steve had, my coach, he had to put a jump count on me and be like, Sydney, this is it. Like, this is just like, you're entering back in, like slowly do it. And I would have gone full out immediately. I was so ready to come back. It was crazy. And then uh, uh, just another wrench thrown in your career here. I believe the next year was the COVID year, right? So like you're, you're fired up to play a full season and, and it gets interrupted. So again, how did you kind of mentally prepare for that? Or again, because you have long-term goals of playing for the national team, was it easy? Like when you were allowed uh, with provincial restrictions to go get touches or go play that that was enough? Or did you really miss competing that year? I mean, I obviously really miss competing, but from coming off, I honestly think the timing couldn't have been better. Like from coming off an ACL injury like that and getting basically an entire year to focus on working out and training and getting touches and stuff was honestly like awesome for me. Cause I like, I got to work out every single day. I got to like get back. I came back. I would argue even stronger than before I had my ACL because of that year. We worked really, really hard in the gym and I got a lot of touches and 
I think it really benefited me actually. So to look at the positive side of COVID, that's <laughs> and how did you stay connected to like, well, like once again, did you have like a calendar like you did when you were younger? Are you a big journal person? Like uh, I think competition is such a, a short-term gift, right? That you can stay connected to it where and that's taken away. Like how did you want to go to the gym on a Tuesday and pass a hundred balls and then go do a lift or something like that? Like, uh, like I said, obviously you have long-term goals, but sometimes without the tournaments or the goal of playing against somebody else it can get a little dry, right? Totally. I, uh, I'm, I am a big journaler. I believe that journaling for sport and life is, is really amazing. And so, um, I did, I do goals before every practice. And so I did the same when it was the COVID year and I had a goal of like increasing my vertical to higher than it was before my ACL. And that pushed me to get into the gym and make sure that that goal happened so that I could be stronger. And one of my teammates, her name is Jade. She's also my roommate. She she pushes me a lot. Like when she goes to the gym, I needed to go to the gym. And when she wanted to touch the ball, I needed to touch the ball. And so it worked really, really well for us, obviously, because when we both wanted to touch the ball, the other person did too. So we kind of just pushed each other to do that. And if it's not too personal, do you mind just sharing the template you use? Cause I think some young athletes, they get intimidated that they have to write an essay or it's going to take so much time that like, are you like a couple bullet points? And then after practice, you'll do some notes or like when you do have time, maybe on the bus, are you writing longer stuff or what is kind of your process or routine? It really depends on like how I'm feeling that day or like how rushed I am. I make sure that I do it a little bit. And so before practices, generally I have like one main goal I want to work on. That's like, nothing too specific. Like there's nothing like crazy specific about it. I just want like a main thing. And then after I have that main thing, I go into a little bit more specific. So if it was something like, I don't know, (laughs) making sure, I don't know. I don't have an example right now. (laughs) Um, but I make something like not very specific and then a little specific goal that I can measure. So I use the smart goal thing. It's very simple. I don't know. I feel like a lot of girls and coaches have used it before on games generally, like, I need a bit of time depending on how the game went to like decompress. And so I don't go right to my journal. I generally just wait. And then generally after dinner, I'll do it before bed really quickly. And so I'll write like one thing I think I did well that game. One thing I think that I should improve on and like, what am I going to do moving forward next game? Now, do you share this with the coaches or does keeping it um, not vague, but maybe a little bit general help you not get angry or maybe you want to work on, I don't know, hitting against a triple block, but like you're just hitting go sets and hitting one-on-ones or something like you're not blowing up practice. Be like, I wanted to work on ABC and we're not doing it. Like obviously there's times and our, our sport is very like cycle of actions and you know, you're going to work on certain things, but maybe does that help that you're not so specific that like if, if a drill's not going your way, you don't have a mini freak out about what you wanted to work on. Yeah, that's actually exactly what I do. We don't, my coach with all the timetables we have differently, not all of us can get to practice all the time. And so my coach doesn't hand out, um, our practice plan. And so I I don't really know what we're doing. And so I do keep it general for that reason. You kind of hit it right on the head. Um, I just like to make sure that there's always something I can work on. Um, if it's something that's very specific that I do need to make sure that's what we work on, then I talk to my coaches and I get extra rep time. And I'll work with it then. Um, but generally, yeah, I have... There's always something that I can work on at practice. There's always something in my journal or goals that are pretty general to all practices, I would say. Nice. And with last season being a, a little wonky that you were only going to play your province, um, and it just wasn't the same as maybe the Canada West you were used to, how excited were you when you still got to play that first game? I think you're playing Fraser Valley, who was new to the league. Like, were you absolutely fired up to see a referee there and a team in a different uniform? Like it, it was now official that like the league is back on. 
Yeah, it was amazing. It actually, I remember turning to one of my teammates when they did the national anthem and I was like, oh my God, it feels like we're playing for like our national title right now. That's how long it's been waiting. And it was the first game of the season. And ever since then, like every single game that season after COVID year, felt like we were playing for a national title. Like it was like, everyone was ready to go. Everyone was super stoked that we were got, like got to play. And it was, yeah, it was awesome. Now, were you able to use any of your stat lines as like confirmation that all the work paid off, that you're throwing up like 17 kills here, 22 here, another game of 22, uh, hitting 14, hitting high percentages or because you're just so focused and you, and you keep your journal, you want to stay connected that it was always like the next thing. Like, was there any mini moments that you could like celebrate and the work was paying off or you were you just so persistent on doing like the next thing? I think there's a little bit of both. Like I was obviously, I was my main goal obviously is always been the national team. And so that's always like in the back of my mind, like I'm just pushing to get to that. And that's my final thing. But there were definitely moments throughout that year where I stopped and I was like, wow, like I'm proud of myself and the fact that I like got myself back to the point of hitting 22 or <laughs> doing really well in the game, considering that I, I didn't get to do that obviously when I tore my ACL. And so there were little moments of little victories that I definitely tried to, congratulate myself for. <laughs> and I, I'm always curious how teams manage this internally. Cause I think it was different for a lot of people, but obviously during the COVID year, you were in the gym and staying focused, but for any first years coming in, they lost a big window of opportunity to compete and play. So as a leader on your team, how are you patient with them, but still holding them accountable, knowing that like they probably missed their 17 year and 18 year or at least big chunks of it. Right. And now they're coming into university and maybe they're a little bit behind or maybe they don't understand tactically what's going on. So as a vet of youth sports, how did you guys try to get the first years up to speed? Honestly, all the first years that we had came in were, they were really hungry to like learn and play. And so I think the way that myself and a lot of the other girls on our team, a lot of the other older girls, um, we kind of just led by example. And we were like, this is what we do here. And like, this is how you show up to play and like compete. And if you're ready to compete, then we were like, that's awesome. And so they just come in and work really hard. And then obviously the other, the technical, whoa, <laughs> the tactical um, and technical things come after just like practicing and playing at this speed. And so, yeah. Nice. So that season comes to an end. And then obviously uh, a big part of our off season is the time with the national team. So, um, senior women's national team, was that a tryout? Was that an invite? What was the process this year to make the VNL roster? So I originally didn't know there was a spot available on the senior A team. So I, I went to try out for um, next gen, um, which was in Vancouver. And so I went to that tryout. It was a three day tryout. And then on the second day, um, Shannon came up to me and she said that she'd like me to come train with the senior A team for the next week. They needed someone to come train. And so I was done trying out with the next gen team. And basically what happened is if they wanted to keep me on the senior A team. They would have kept me on the senior A team um, after that week of training. And if they didn't, I would have just automatically been on the next gen team. And I would have played with them all summer. Um, and so obviously I got selected to stay with the A team, which was amazing. And then from there, I just, I was with them until the last tournament. And I went back to next gen and played with next gen to help them. 
Now, there has been a youth movement with our, our women's national team, and it's exciting. So I'm sure you knew a lot of the other athletes who had played against them. But uh, what was it like just kind of filling in? Because there, there are athletes like Hillary Howe, who I'm sure you're very familiar with. But then there's also people like Jen Cross, who have contributed a lot to our national team and still playing. Right. So what was the team dynamic kind of getting used to the young versus vets? I know you guys do warm up games and things like that. But uh, did it help knowing two or three girls from youth sports, but also maybe you've seen the vets play and they weren't that unfamiliar to you? I've definitely watched them play a lot. Um, <laughs> it was it was really frightening. Even though I knew Hillary and them, it was very nerve wracking to play against or with all those people. But it was definitely nice to know Hillary and know some of those girls and know that just their faces. I guess I'd never really spoken to them, but yeah, it was nice to know them. Now, is there much overlap in the Oval? Because obviously, you're a part of the program, so. Have you trained with any of those athletes? Maybe you share weight room time. Maybe you should see them in the hallway because I think Shannon's doing a great job that like NEP, junior national team, uh, next gen, senior, like you're all in the same building, right? Yeah. Um, when I did all of that though, they weren't, I never really saw them ever. So um, my junior national, my youth and my BCCE, like it was in the oval, but it was never surrounded them. So I never got to like see them work out or do anything like that. Um, now I think the program's done amazing. Shannon's doing like a phenomenal job with that, but I didn't get that opportunity, unfortunately. And what were your expectations going into VNL? Cause obviously playing time comes at a premium and it was going to be really tough to crack that roster. But when we had Hillary on the show, she told a great story where she's talking to coach uh, Tom Black at the time. And she's just like, yeah, I'm just happy to be here and help out anyway. And he just looked at her, he's like, no, that doesn't help us out. If you're not here to fight for a starting spot and compete, like that's what we brought you on here for. Right. So even though maybe your number wasn't going to be called early on, like how did you feel being in practice or being in like the prep leading up to the tournament, knowing that you still had to give it your all, even though maybe the starting spot wasn't going to be there for you. Yeah. <laughs> I, what's funny is I originally, the way Hillary said that, that's exactly how I thought of it. I was like, I am just so unbelievably excited to be playing with all these girls. Like they're crazy good. Um, and I obviously knew I wasn't going to be a starter and yet, um, but I, I'm obviously curious, Kira and I are in the same position and it was super fun all summer to just like, she got to help me and like push me and be like, come on, like compete with me, compete with me. And yeah, I just got to learn a lot from like Kira and be like, okay, like I want to be there. Like I want to be playing like that girl spot and starting. Like, I don't know. It was, yeah. Does anything come to mind that she was able to help you out with? Because obviously she's still, you know, young and developing in the position, but there's still some experience there. I'm sure you could borrow from. So but was there anything that you were able to steal and be like, Oh, I never thought of it that way, but that's definitely something I want to add to my game. One of the things I, I really, really learned from Kira and um, a lot of athletes there actually is that a, a kill is a kill, like a point is a point. And so I've never liked tipping and I've never really liked like rolling and stuff. I've always been a very, big hitter. Um, but after learning from Kira this summer, it was just awesome to see that like, she is known as a massive hitter. Like she is an unbelievable hitter, but occasionally she'd be super, super smart and like throw out a little roll shot. And it was just like, it seems really like simple, <laughs> but it was like really eye opening to me to be like, you can be a massive hitter and like still do all these like really like tactical things. And yeah. So she taught me how to do one of these roll shots from back row and really opened up the court for me, which was really cool. And I'm going to bring that to Canada West. 
Now, one thing I find fascinating about the VNL is just the the schedule is so crazy and it's so many matches. So uh, again, even though maybe playing time wasn't where you wanted it to be, how did you find just the travel and the grind of going through it and knowing that, you know, you got serving pass and then you got back to back matches and every game is a must win. Like, how did you get used to that level of just preparation to play at this level? I kind of just got thrown into it. And then I was kind of a follower. Like I just followed all the girls on the team and like how they handled it. I was fortunate enough to be roommates with Jen and she, she was amazing. She like held my hand through it all. I guess she had a lot of high expectations for me and like, was like, this is how it is. How you show up to practice every day and like whatever. And kind of just showed me the ropes. Like she was like phenomenal to get to have as a roommate. I was it's so cool to hear what you learned from Kira and some of the other athletes on the team. I'm curious, getting uh, the best seat in the house to watch some international teams, and there are some different styles internationally. Was there anything that you saw from either other teams or other players that you're also going to add to your game? It was a lot. <laughs> Those girls were really good. Um, um, like, was there anything that stood out from either like a Serbian athlete or USA? Like you're playing against people who've won Olympic medals. Like, was there anything that you're like, wow, I need to add that shot or just a certain mindset, or maybe you saw so-and-so how they warm up and you're like, Oh, that's, that's something I want to do. Honestly, it was <laughs> the biggest thing that was like crazy to me and all, all the good like teams we played, including our girls on our team they're all just so calm and like relaxed. Like they just know the game so well that they're always just get to their spot and stop. Like it doesn't look, I come back to like, even I look at me playing and like, it kind of like still like very sporadic. Like I kind of like, it looks like I'm like jumping into spots and things, but when you play like the top teams, even though like the game is so much faster it's almost looks like everyone's just slowly like getting to their spot and stopping because they know exactly what's going to happen. Like they're just so smart with the game that it's just, I don't, yeah, I don't even know how to describe it. It was just, it looked like the game was going really slow, even though I knew it was really fast just because they all knew what they needed to do so well. That makes any sense. Yeah, for sure. Um, so just to switch gears one more time, as we're recording this, uh, you're in a preseason mode, but regular season's going to start. How's the squad looking? How excited for you to kind of, maybe if it's not your last year, it's certainly getting close to your esports career here. So uh, what are you looking forward to this season? Well, I would like to medal this year. That's, <laughs> that's what I'm looking forward to. Um, but our team looks really good. We're all really, really hungry. And I think we have, we have an older team, I guess, but we're all really ready to play. And I think that we last year was a perfect like prequel to this year, I guess we got to like, see how we could do under pressure in playoffs. And like, we didn't go as far as we wanted to, but it was farther than I'd ever gone at the university here. Um, and I think so we're a little more hungry this year and like ready to go. Awesome. So good to hear. We'll definitely be rooting for you now on the show. We've made it a tradition where we ask somebody to tell like a funny or embarrassing story to close it out because unique stuff happens all the time. But uh, I'm going to give a shout out to a friend of the show, Seymour, who says uh, your 18 year was a pretty crazy one. So uh, the first thing he told me to ask you about was what was just the mindset that you mentioned? You're not a big like tip or roll shot person. Seymour just saying Sid hit ball. Was that just like your caveman attitude that you were going to go up and hit the ball as hard as you could every single time? Yeah, he uh, he actually used to come up to me in timeouts and he would say a whole bunch of things to all like the whole team, obviously. 
And then after he'd say all these technical things, he'd say in front of everyone, he'd just look me straight in the eyes and he'd be like, Sid, hit ball. That's all you need to do. And he'd be like, ignore everything I just said. And like, all you have to do is hit the ball as hard as you can. And that was his, that was his <laughs> advice to me for every game. And it, it worked. <laughs> Now, he also mentioned, uh, to your credit, you were, you were a fearless athlete and you were going to go take big swings and, and in those tough situations. So he told me to ask you about 18 national finals. He's pretty sure you had a swing for the match and unfortunately you got blocked, but then you guys go on to come back and he's pretty sure you served out the match, um, and, and ended it with like a pretty tough serve that I think you guys got a middle block on. Do you remember that situation? Cause obviously he's playing back point for point in his mind. I, uh, I do actually, I do remember that situation. I, uh, I went up and hit ball (laughs) and I got blocked pretty badly. It was, yeah, it was right down to my feet. (laughs) And then, um, my teammates obviously won the point back and it was my turn to go back and serve. And it was a really, really close game. And I, I hit ball really hard back there as well. I was at the time doing a standing spin um, with those balls, it was just like the standing down ball. It was awesome. Um, yeah, I went back there and I hit that ball as hard as I can. Cause I was like, this team may have blocked me, but they're not going to pass this ball. And she shanked it right. Or I guess not really shanked it, but passed it right up to my middle blocker who was just standing there ready to go. And she flushed it down and it was, it was awesome. <laughs> Nice. As we bring this up, when you think back at that moment, was that like a phase you remember in your playing career that it was really competitive and it was really intense, but it was also really fun? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Now, it's, yeah, I can edit this part out, but he said the the funny story that he would give you. Um, are you a sleepwalker? I am. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, and during 18 year nationals, you had a bit of a, a spell there. I do. I know the story he's referring to. I, it was, I'm pretty sure it was the night before a semifinal. Like it was, yeah, it was pretty big. And my roommate and I, her name is Kara, she was at UBC. We were sleeping and like everything was normal. And I guess I had a, a bad dream and I thought someone was in the room and I, for sh- I thought they were hiding in like underneath the TV, like the cabinet. And I got up and I like went and checked that. And like, I looked through it and my roommate, she like woke up and she was like, what is going on? And it startled me, obviously, because I was sleepwalking and I fell and (laughs) hit my back on the corner of the thing. And I thought I just laid there for a bit and I was injured. I thought I was for sure injured the next morning. And when I woke up, I was like, I had no idea what happened. I was just really, really sore. And I had like a bruise on my back and my roommate had to like go through the entire situation for me. It was really embarrassing. (laughs) So how soon did the other coaches and your teammates go from like, Oh, this is really serious. I hope you're okay. to like laughing at you. Like, was it all in one breakfast sitting? Oh, it was all in one sitting. I literally (laughs) just, I walked, we were at breakfast and I was like holding my back and Seymour was like, what is wrong with you? And I was like, I don't know. Like Kara explained what happened, but like, I obviously have no recollection of it. I have a bruise on my back, but like, I feel fine. And he was like, okay, well, if you feel fine, then you feel fine. (laughs) Like you're good. And I was fine. (laughs) 
Oh, this is amazing. So we're going to have to get Seymour on with you. And I think you guys can tell just more stories and just fill more time. But for now, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing all that you did. Look forward to a really big season with UBCO in the U Sports and Canada West this year. And then best of luck with our national team, because it's such a fun thing to watch. I mean, the results at VNL, the results at World Championships, the team's totally trending right now. And you're going to be a big part of that. So thanks for coming on and sharing all that you did. Thank you so much for having me. This has been awesome. (laughs) 